What's happening, weirdos? Val? I'm here, too. Uh, it's We Made a Weird 43. Thanks for listening. It's a good one. It's a good one. We enjoyed we fun. it. We had fun. We laughed a lot. We, we learned a lot. Learned. I learned something so good that I played the Say by the Bell theme song. That's true. Which is super fun. Call forward. <sighs> nice. <laughs> I don't remember signing up for call forwarding. <laughs> uh, guys, it's always a free podcast, as you know, but so many people in with beautiful hearts reach out and they say, how can we support the show? How can we say thank you? I always tell them the same thing. Try one of the Pete's Picks. These are our sponsors, but they're always things that I actually use and love. We have a new one on this episode, which is Everlane. Everlane is... Everlane. (laughs) (laughs) They can use that if they want. We love it. It's an online clothing... I'm going to say... It's not a superstore. Superstores are like Target. But it's a superstore. I love it. I just signed up for it. I got my favorite sweatshirt. No lie. Because they do like basics. Mm-hmm. What do they call? They call uniform. The uniform series. I got an incredible sweatshirt, incredible sweatpants, because that's how I do it at home. Mm-hmm. And my favorite jean jacket that I've ever owned. I've always been looking for the right fit and the right style of jean jacket. I have so many of them, yeah. and I'm giving them away because Everlane sold me my favorite. It's like a blue classic oh, jean jacket. Guys, he looks so good in and this Val jean jacket. And Val loves it. And it fits like I like. It's not like often when you get like a, I think it's a double X. No, it's an XL. Yeah, it's an XL. Mm-hmm. When I get an XL, it'll still be too flowy and baggy. And they're like, we know what you're about, you monster. Mm-hmm. And they sell you a tarp. Everlane had that like fitted yeah. and just just enough style to make it cooler than just like a run of the mill one, I guess, is what I would say. I love it. I love it so much I went back to the website and got it in black. So this is a true Pete's pick, and it is one of the great simple pleasures in life is getting a premium quality essential that complements every wardrobe at a more transparent, affordable price. So, as I said, I love it. What are they? Everlane has made quality clothing with ethical factories, which is super important and wonderful, and radically transparent pricing since 2010. They do extensive research and vetting to use ethical factories, as I just said, that provide fair wages and reasonable hours to the skilled people who craft their clothing. So it's clothes that look good, that you can feel good about, timeless design, and their finest sustainable materials so you can wear them for years to come. And most retailers, as you know, hide their markups. Everlane believes their customers have the right to know how much their clothes cost to make. Mm. In fact, they share exactly how much their products cost to produce at each stage so you know what you're getting and why why it costs what it costs, which I love. I've never seen a company do that before. Everlane has everything you need to upgrade your, uh, your summer uniform, whether you're going out on the town with friends or having a movie night with the fam. You can get workout to take out swimwear to track wear styles for lounging at home as i said i got their sweatpants which i love or hitting up your favorite late night spot their breathable organic uh, cotton track wear gives an elevated take uh, to tried and true basics and get a head start on well actually this is dated this is the most it's, it's we're in summer so now that you're in summer get some of everlane's sustainable swimwear collection made from 13,768 pounds of recycled plastic. Whoa. These guys don't just make great clothes. It's great clothes that, that, that have that a mission. Great things. That do great things. I love it. They have, a, they have a great uh, essentials from denim to super soft set loungewear. 
And Everlane partners with the best and most ethical factories in the world. They have a 30-day return uh, from the ship date, which is awesome. And all uniform clothing comes with a one-year, 365-day guarantee. So if you want to get some new clothes and show your support of this podcast, go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get easy returns within 30 days of the ship date that's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up thanks Val that was fresh also kitty poo club do you have a cat do you love your cat yes yes you loved your cat extra (laughs) you loved it you loved that cat in quarantine that cat was your life Mm -hmm. and now you want to treat it right and treat yourself right because even if you love your cat i guarantee i've i've owned cats most owned i've had cats most of my life I always, always, always hated the kitty litter box. But Kitty Poo Club is here to fix this for you so you can get back to the best part of owning owning having a cat, which is loving that cat. So Kitty Poo Club is a convenient all-in-one monthly litter box solution. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, high-quality, recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. The boxes are leak-proof, eco-friendly, and even have a fun design for every season. When the month is up, you don't have to do anything. Just recycle the box, and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. No more changing used litter, and no more cleaning the box. You can customize your order based on how many cats you have, and choose from four different litter types. Kitty Poo Club has a no-risk satisfaction guarantee, and you can easily customize or cancel anytime. So, you have a cat, and you want to get get that part of your life where you're on your knees in the laundry room with a scoop that's used for spaghetti <laughs> like that lets the water through and you're looking for those turds and you're smelling them and you're really regretting your choice get that out of your life and show your support of the show kitty poo club is offering 40 percent off your first order plus a free dome free scoop and free shipping when you set up auto ship by going to kittypooclub.com slash weird just go to kittypooclub.com slash weird to get 40% off your first order plus a free uh, dome. free dome scoop and free shipping when you set up auto ship that's kittypooclub.com slash weird and show your support of the show alright guys enjoy we did we hope you love Sharing this little part of our date night. Get into it. I'm ready. I know. Prec- oh, wait. I'm going to play it. <clears throat> it's, we always have good episodes when we start with a music song. And this, music is, a, song. this is a new band coming out of North Carolina <laughs> named Subliminal. <laughs> Everything's wrong. What is this? Where does this take you? Where are you? In a geo? Are you in a geo? <laughs> A Geo Red hatchback? Um, no, I'm in my mom's car. <laughs> Not a Geo. Not a Geo, but uh, Astro, a blue Astro van. Okay. And we're on our way to church. <laughs> Listening to Santa Ria? How we fitting. Just, we would just listen to the radio and and a song. And this was like about ninety seven. Isn't Santa Ria? Uh, Santa Ria. Yeah, is uh, like well, voodoo. It's, it's like well, it's like a a more mystical uh, side of a type of. Catholicism, but yeah. Oh, it is? Voodoo-y. A pantheistic Afro-Cuban folk religion developed... No, No, you're right. Okay. From the beliefs and customs of the Yoruba people, 
I, I didn't mean to laugh. It just sounds like something in a Christopher Guest movie where you're like, yeah. actually, uh, from the customs of the Yoruba people. Yeah. But uh, it's real. The Yoruba people and incorporating some elements of the Catholic religion, which, to me, makes it so much scarier. If you're if you're going to be scared of the unknown. Yeah. But it's the unknown that's like... But we have the the kind of uh, Catholicism to begin with. Is spooky. Is spooky. I don't know if movies did this. No, I think they did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the scandals? No. Well, that doesn't help. It but it's certainly just... didn't help. But but they were the ones that were like exorcisms and and yeah. and, and stigmata is like a yes. Catholic thing. And just like guilt and heavy and death and yeah. I mean, I think you said in the last episode or maybe Richie says that it's like sometimes Catholicism is just all, all crucifixion. crucifixion. Yeah. So it's he, just, oh God, it's I was just yep. make it kind of So when you take something. like a dead eyed icon or a sculpture of Mary mm-hmm. just sort of staring vacantly forward like the Burger King King. Mm-hmm. You know, those unmoving <laughs> but you sort of look like sort of holy but also sort of like like it's just yeah. most things in a Catholic church if were they were? Am I boring you? Am I boring you? Am I boring you? Yes. 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 I am. Most things in the Catholic Church, if you put it in your bedroom in the middle of the night, would be immediately terrifying. Yeah. The chalices. Absolutely. It's very. What's in that chalice? They're like, don't worry, this chalice isn't scary. It's just filled with blood. (laughs) It's a. It's a scary. It's the whole like a thing horror is, film. Yeah, and and the horror industry mm-hmm. really got in got rightly into that. Have you ever yawned because you were bored? That's not a thing. You're tired. Well, and maybe you're not like I like this. I like this as an area. <laughs> I, I some people say things to me, and it's just like a sandwich I don't want. And yeah. you just went shing like the silver platter, and it was just like a four-dimensional carrot salad. <laughs> I love it. I'm into you're it. So cute that that's like your food that's interesting. <laughs> well. I mean, we're cut from the same... I'm not even going to say the same cloth. We're cut from the same Pete and Val fruit roll-up. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> definitely more of a fruit roll-up than a cloth. Yeah, we're definitely... Oh, I would love... Why doesn't, like, Lady Gaga or one of those, uh, you know, extravagance wear a fruit roll-up skirt? I I feel like that did happen. Here we go. Fruit I, I know there roll was the, up meat, the meat skirt. skirt. Fruit roll-up skirt... There's images for it. It's quite transparent. I didn't expect arousal to come out of this. Fruit roll-up clothing. It's just a website that makes fruit roll-up clothing. Hi, welcome to We Made It Weird. We waste time on the internet for you. Yes. That's misleading. It's it's Uh t-shirts about... But the first thing that came up was looked like a fruit roll-up skirt. It is a fruit roll-up skirt, and who did it? It's it's for sale on uh, like an Etsy kind of website, but it's not. But it's not real through. fruit roll yeah. Get if if flies, gnats, and very hungry children aren't following you, it's not to my pl- pleasing. It's not to my pleasing. It's not to my pleasing. Yeah, it's not it to needs my pleasing. to be sticky. It needs to be yes. almost completely gone by the end of the night. Like at the in mid Grammy wardrobe malfunction because it's hot in there. I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I now that that we're talking about the logistics of it, 
I kind of can't believe I thought that it was a real thing that somebody did. Valerie. But the meat skirt. That's, uh, yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. What do you even do? You don't need me. It's like <laughs> I've Obi-Wan'd you. I, I don't really mean that, but like I was just going to defend you, but like yeah. I do that so often that yes. you very quickly got to the conclusion I was going to say. You've loved me into self-love. <laughs> I was just listening to Richie and he was talking about love as a state. I really just... God, I love this. I think he was talking about 1 Corinthians 13, which is the go-to scripture reading. Love is kind. Yes, exactly. Boy, he said so many fascinating things. He's like, if I have all the knowledge without love, I'm just a noise. Mm -hmm. If I have all of the wisdom or correct beliefs, I'm I'm nothing. He says that or the scripture says that? The scripture says that. That's what I thought. And then, yeah, the the scripture. Oh, the (laughs) scripture. It's in the scriptures. It's in the scriptures. Um, And then third was like, if I give away all of my belongings Mm. and let them carry my body to burn me, like, but don't have love. So, and and Richie's like, that's charity and social justice. It's like Mm. everything you do. Uh, And it's not love. love It's not like romantic love. It's not even an action. And this is what Ramdas says. It's a state. Mm -hmm. And when he says love is not rude, it does not boast. He's like, if you feel the need to like big yourself up and brag, you're not in love. Like you haven't surrendered to the eternal timeless moment. Mm -hmm. You haven't dropped anchor. and Uh, And you're not seeing clearly. This is making that good? me, that's so good, and it's making me think of what I was sharing with you yesterday that I um, heard from Tara Brock's most recent podcast, so let's just like put that over here. You want me to write that down? Remember that, sure. What, oh, what yeah. do I write down? Tara Brock? Podcast, yeah. Here's a box or, of pens. Or, you guys didn't even write, know. Write Limbic. We got pens. We That's got just pens. The sound people. of pens, and you knew it. You knew it. Was you pens. knew it was pens. You're geniuses. Limbic. Love you. Limbic. Okay. So the other thing was, um, oh, it makes me think of another Tara Brock. <laughs> what is this Tara Brock's podcast? Basically, Richard um, Rohr and Tara <laughs> and Brock. Brock. Oh they, my God, Brock and the Roar. Oh my God, <laughs> Brock and Roar. Brock, ro- Roar and Brock. Brock and roar. Brock and roar. Like rock and roll. Yeah. And that's a dippity because I spent a good amount of time today thinking about how the Rolling Stones are called the Rolling Stones because it's like, Rolling Stone gathers no more, Slav. And like, (laughs) that's... That's super dumb. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. like a stitch in time. We're the nine stitches. Well, it sounds like something that they thought of in the fifties. I know For that sure. they were more of a sixties band, but like but they probably started, started in the fifties. And, and it's like we're the a Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. We hit a rock and roll. We play our bass up here, and we play real clean, and we do Keep the lips under control, Mick. It's nineteen fifty four, and I ain't ready. I ain't ready. Not I ain't ready. ready for the four lips, Nick. What is this voice? They ain't ready. I don't know, but I like it. I like it too. Wow, looking at the peaking EQ. Uh, but anyway, rock and roll. Tara Brock. Yeah. Oh, but you were going to um, say something uh, else. Oh, uh, uh, um, another yeah. Tara Brock. Another Tara Brock is that it makes me think of is what she said on our podcast with her, which was so great. That the the idea of like emptiness without the moisture of the heart, yeah, and it's like anything without the moisture of the heart, that's it, is worth worthless, and that's yeah. what I love so much about her and Jack Cornfield and this training that I'm doing, and this is why they're like my greatest teachers, is because truly they are 
always, and I watch them do Q&As, and they are always answering what love's answer would be. Yeah. Like, they're, they scoop, they, like, swipe by the, the moisture of the heart for every answer. They take an answer, yep. they dip it in the moisture, yep. and then they hand it to you. Yep. Also, so he says reverse all of them. Love is not... Uh, love is not offended or something mm. or easily offended. Mm. And he was like, so if you're easily offended, you don't get it because yeah. you're not forgiving reality. Yeah. He goes, and if you're not forgiving reality or um, suffering with reality, then you're crucifying reality. Yes. And, and that's what, those are the three roles. You can either yeah. go around mm-hmm. and this is like Byron Katie saying that reality isn't how it should be. And mm-hmm. I'm guilty of doing that a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Almost 99% of those instances are my dog shouldn't be barking right now. Yeah. That's, that's a challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge for me. Um, because he's this reminder of the uncooked seeds mm-hmm. that are in my casserole. You know, mm-hmm. I like to think I'm, I'm evolved and calming down. Yeah. And, and, and not sp- I was going to say special, but like, Getting to a point where specialness isn't necessary and I can just sort of be easy. I've been getting the compliment, you're so relaxed, like Mm, more. That would have been like a joke 10 years ago. Yeah. And yet I live with my biggest trigger. We've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. I know, and it really relates to what you wrote down there. What did I write down, Limbic? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I did. Well, let me finish the other point I was going to make because that's a snooze, what I just said. I just thought it was so interesting that. Richie keeps going on and on about love is a is a state it's a it's a it's a relationship mm-hmm. that you have with reality mm-hmm. so if you're not crucifying it you're forgiving it mm. and you participate he's like everything that Paul says is corporate it's like he talks to groups and he's just trying to set up communities like structures that can be in love together yeah. and when he's uh, either praising them or reprimanding them. He's talking to the group. And you talk to a group very differently than you would talk to, like, one person. Yeah. Anyway, what happened was... Uh, so, and when Paul is talking about the law, and I believe the other one is um, principalities, mm-hmm. he's talking... Well, the, the law and principalities. I know. A snooze alert. <laughs> okay. Just get out of here. No, please. He's just saying, like, Let's you can't say. win it on the on the performance principle. Mm. And he's like, and that's 99% of religion now is like, you do, you're religious to do it right. Right. And you do it right to be liked by God. And if you, I've never really read Paul very carefully and I still haven't. Rich is just talking about him Mm. and he's, he's just going on. I mean, he's going on and on about how you can't, you're yawning again. I'm not bored. Forget it. Just forget it. I'm not bored. I'm interested. Oh, I thought Spotify was still going to be open. I, I can keep talking. Until you find it. No, no, no. That, that, I, I think I made my point. It's like the performance principle is something that really, really speaks to me. Yep. And like dropping it. And, and to, just to put a pin in it, he's like, the whole point is to accept that you're already accepted. And he's like, and it'll take your whole life to do that. Yeah. And he's like, and it's also not, uh, the gospel is not like a, a utopian message. He's like, it, it's not where there's no conflict. He's like, it's always going to be death and resurrection. It doesn't matter if yeah. if it's the last day of reality uh, and everything that God ever intended to happen has already happened. It's still going to be on that day, death and resurrection. It's the only wow. pattern. And it's the suffering. It's the scary Catholicism images that we talked about. And it's the 
It's the good and the bad that you have inside of you. And that's what Paul fell in love with Jesus, even though he never met him for, was that he felt so completely loved, warts and all, Mm -hmm. as a murderer, Mm -hmm. as a, you know, a sinner and whatever you want to say. And he was still loved. And I was like, fuck, that's exactly what Ram Dass said about Maharaji, was he was like, he knows everything about me because he's always like reading my mind. Mm -hmm. And yet he loves me. And I was like... Like here's it's not a blaspheme. Jesus Christ, like that's it. There's yeah. nothing more powerful yeah. than real, larger than you. Not thoughts about love, not even actions about love, but someone who's so anchored into the divine love that is you, that is what's looking out your eyes, that is animating the universe, that is beating your heart right now. If you are in the presence of that, or if you can become that, even briefly, there's nothing more transformative. And he's like. Yeah. If you look at the way the world is the one of the with all the war and stuff, the myth is always evil needs to be beaten down and destroyed because it's over there. And he's like, the real thing is to go. Evil is in here. Mm-hmm. Evil is in here, and I need to deal with it here in me. And in I here. would say it sounds even like it's like evil is in here, and the answer isn't to be to beat it down, but to love it. That's right. Yeah. Just like. Uh, Christ did for Paul and Maharaji did for Ramdas, yeah. and and I felt Ramdas doing it for me. That's what he said to me, and, and he, it had nothing to do with me. I'm sure he says it to everybody. He's like, "I love you unconditionally." Then yeah. he said, "Jerk off or don't jerk off." I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> why we're... are we still talking? Well, yeah, about why it? are we still talking about this? You're funny, Santeria. Okay, please, please, baby. That's all I have to say this whole episode. I mean, how good is that stuff? It's so good, and I know you have some more Paul stuff that you were telling me last night that I. I want you to share because really? I feel like, yeah, the stuff about um, uh, the well, you did mention the corporate, but like the corporate sin, yeah, and the stuff about the like potentially the like quotes. Because for me, I'm like, oh Paul yeah, ruined Christianity, but really, it's the misunderstanding of Paul that ruined Christianity that has all of the like. Women stay silent in church. And, right. Um, no, if you're interested in that, I, I can't. I can't adequately summarize all that. But it's called "Great Themes of Paul." It's on iTunes. Mm-hmm. It, it took about ten hours to really turn me yeah. because I went in that way too. Yeah. But you know what Richie does a lot of the time? He's like. He lived in a world like we live in a world that can't imagine a reality where we don't murder or, you know, kill a million animals an hour. Mm. That actually we eat a million animals an hour, so we're killing way more than that, I'm sure. So and and I'm not even wagging my finger. I'm just saying there's a parallel there's a corollary. Yeah. We live in a world where we couldn't conceive of a world where that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So if I was writing letters to a church that I started, mm-hmm. the Church of Weirdos, and I said something like Okay, uh, you know, we eat meat, but try to eat grass-fed. Yeah. That, in People in a gonna... thousand years in the vegan future, they would be like, the fuck? Yeah, so you were okay with that? Because that's what yeah, Paul yeah. says. He says, uh, masters, be kind to your slaves or something. He, right. And then in one letter, he says, masters, free your slaves. But, it, like... And what Richie does is he goes, this is his blind spot. He's just, he's just wrong. He's writing letters. Yeah. That were never intended to be scripture. It, it, what, I mean, you know what I mean? But he wasn't he said, like, masters free your slaves? In Philippians, I believe. Or Philemon. I'm sorry, Philemon. Philemon. It's, I used to shop at Phile- Philemon's. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, go. Um, Limbic. 
yes. So, well, one other point about that. I I love it because, like, all of that stuff about, like, your, the evil and loving it and that life is always going to be death and resurrection. Like, that, I, I really love that and I think that that is the paradigm shift that I'm still, I have kind of intellectually and I'm still trying to, like, embody it and remember it more frequently, mm. which is that, like, uh... It's light and dark, baby. That's the deal. There's no way out of that, and that is not a problem. Tell them the Sleeping at Last lyric that melted our hearts. No, actually, I really... Because there's another line. Look up the lyrics for Uneven Odds. Uh, Okay, so, you guys, if you're not listening to Sleeping at Last, what are you doing? Uh... Our good, our our not good friend, our acquaintance. We only say that friend. because if he if he hears this and uh, he's like, I wouldn't say we're good friends. I know. <laughs> I wish we were better friends. He's such a good person. And Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill. He is. I would say he is my favorite. Uh, him and Lisa Gunger are my two favorite uh, songwriters of all time. <laughs> yeah, and he's incredible. I happen to know both of them, um, but. He has a beautiful song called Uneven Odds that will make you cry. It's it's like about a child's mother dying. So it's about the saddest thing ever. But the chorus is, Maybe your light is a seed and the darkness the dirt. In spite of the uneven odds, beauty lifts from the earth. Yep. And then at the very end, it's like a beautiful instrumentation and then gets quiet and he sings. And when he sings, he sounds like he's crying, by the way. Um, and when he sings, I am always crying. <laughs> um, he says, you're much too young now, so I'll write these words down. Darkness exists to make light truly count. Well. <laughs> Isn't that gorgeous? And what that made me think of that line specifically because it's like, if if I love you because you're good, then like, who then cares? Who cares? Big fucking deal. But if I see the whole or, picture... Yes, or believe the right thing, or did the right thing, or attended the right service, or did the right ritual, this is why the law is a bunch of bullshit. Yes. It's just a gift. And But if I see everything, every flaw, every moment you were mean to the dog, or whatever, yeah. and I love you just as fully... I mean, that is loving you fully. You do want to say I'm not thing. that mean to the dog. No, that's true. I just sort of get frustrated. Yeah, I didn't... I, I, I just, just don't want people... I would, ne- I would never... Touch the dog, or it's yes. just like, come on, yeah, please, yeah, stop. Yeah. It's just that. Um, then that love means so much more. Um, so why isn't that? Why wouldn't that be true for life? If That's I it. if I love life only when I'm happy and when things are good. That's not really loving life. Yeah. Like, if I can... The it's nature... bullshit. It's well liquor love. It sucks. Yeah, fair You love me friends. when I'm special? Yeah. Fuck you, yeah. dude. You love me when I'm, like, tap dancing and giving gifts and in a good mood? I was, I just... So Patton and, the, and his wife Meredith just did the podcast, and we were. I was talking about... I was in a real foul mood the other day, two days ago. Like, kind of as dark as I go. Really, like... I don't know why it drops all the way to zero. Sometimes it drops in the 70s, but I went right to uh, the low 10s and was just like, I should write something now. Because when I do, 
write books or essays or whatever, mm. I'm always in my best place. Mm. And I was like, I think it might be more gospel. It might be more true if I wrote about how we're all infinite, dignified citizens of Earth and children of, of the mystery that are already loved and accepted as we are, mm-hmm. uh, and then write the next chapter and be like, I'm a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. I'm greedy and, and selfish and... Uh, like the bird talker lyric, if my brain sees two choices, it always just picks the easy one. Yeah. Like I'm lazy, you know, and, and like yeah. false. Like I can be false sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh, what a. And, but that's that's the good stuff. But that's the good stuff. What is a gift of love or grace worth if you were already worth loving? And by the way, like loving just, it. You know, you're but not. You are already worth loving, but you don't feel that you are, and that makes the gift mean something well, to you. That's what I was gonna say, and it doesn't stop there, brother. You gotta love yourself too. Yeah. And so even the like, ugh, I'm lazy. Like that's gotta kind of shift at some point. I complete no, and it does. And because of the conversations like we have on the show, I can go stop it. I love it. Like uh-huh. I always think that conversation where Duncan was like. You're one of my favorite egos. I love your ego. Yeah. I always think of that. Yeah. It's like all of it. Well, that goes beautifully into limbic. Hit it. Because this is a great way to access love for yourself. And just a really amazing practice. And even as you're speaking and other things have happened today, I can really... It's just such a lens through which I can see everything. Um, So... Tara's podcast, most recent podcast episode was on, it was like something like from limbic to liberation and your limbic as just in case you don't know, the limbic is part of the survival brain. So that's where like fight, flight or freeze comes from. Um, so she talks, I mean, it's so good. You should listen to it. So I, because I'm just going to do like a brief summary, but she talks about doing the practice of, Looking at it through your limbic intention and your highest self intention or your uh, your true self or your... But taking you know, a moment to give the limbic interpretation. That's the whole point. Yeah. So if you're... So the thing about... the Let's use Brody as an example. The thing about Brody is you are all of these things. You're loving, you're patient, you want Brody to be a spiritual practice. You want to love Brody in his entirety. Mm-hmm. And then he barks, and you have sound trauma, and that immediately puts you in your limbic. So, it's- my love of Brody actually makes it way worse because I love him. Mm-hmm. And Richard is always using his own dog as an example of the spirit of God in all things. He's like, yeah. dogs have souls, basically. He's like, why are we draw the line here? It's like, look at a dog. Yeah. Look at the love. Look at the presence. Like, yeah. what are you crazy? Yeah. So I share that belief. Yeah. So it sucks that I'm like, I've said to him before, I'm like, if reincarnation is real, I'm so sorry we got paired together only in the moment where I'm like, come on, man, stop barking. Yeah. I'm like, I suck. I suck. It makes it worse. Like, I wouldn't be suffering if I just thought he was a dumb dog. Yeah. I'm suffering because I'll, because I have sound trauma mm-hmm. and the core negative belief is loud noises aren't safe. Yeah. Even though I've done the work on that, I need to do it over and over, I think, before it'll sink in. Yeah. Because also- he's barking and I am safe. Yes. But I'm still reacting limbically that I am unsafe. That's right. And, and so does Lee, by the way. Like, we never taught that to her. But she, Rhodey will start barking and she just says that, eh, and yeah, runs it's over in to in our me. biology. So you yes. do have specific trauma about it. 
but it also is like loud noise makes us jump. Like it so And I also think- hate the reminder that I'm so fragile. That well, like you're like I'm in the world. I control the world. I make a sandwich <laughs> when I want a sandwich. I'm the world. <laughs> like I, yes. I'm so close. <laughs> make a sandwich. I'm that close to panic. But that's I it. don't like it. I think that's the thing to do the work on. I think the limbic reaction. I keep doing this with my hand because I, you guys can't see this, but there's an image of the brain where you're basically tucking your thumb in your yeah. hand. And putting the forefinger four grab over. your thumb. Forefinger grab your thumb. I'm doing the it. The thumb is your limbic um, nerve or limbic. I don't know the limbic part of your brain. Your forefingers that drape over it is your frontal cortex. So that's where reasoning, uh, you know, perspective. Thai food, love it. Thai food. <laughs> making the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. All of that. It goes over it. But when you're when there's too much motion rushing from the body, like adrenaline, to the limbic nerve, it like you that's that, that's where it's. This is all from Dan Siegel. You flip your lid, so I'm flipping my four fingers back up. So now the frontal cortex is no longer activated. All of it is going to the limbic nervous system. That's why. That's where. This wow, is where, that really helped me. Yeah, yeah. You flip your lid. You flip your lid. Like somebody blowing a leaf blower, your hair goes back. Yes. <laughs> so that's why you have to address the limbic nerve first before you can bring. Because if you're trying to access your your frontal cortex at that point, it is it's no longer accessible. You have to first go through the limbic. So, it's like living with the Criterion Collection being with you. Oh, my God. I'm just, I get to sit around and eat air pop popcorn and just fart. <laughs> and you just bring me you just bring me the goods. I am, I really am just like a dog that's collecting treasure from the beach. Well, don't say it. dog because I really <laughs> like you. Uh, I, just, I like Brody, too. God. I mean, none of this is my... I'm just repeating what I... Mostly what Tara Brock says. But, um, but... I do think that's important, and this is a really great example. We're going to stick with the Brody example because... I love it. Um, because you <laughs> mentioned doing the work on it. Yeah. And I think that the this is where I you know, have historically been like, I don't, for me, I don't think that the work is the whole picture. I think it's great practice for mindfulness of thoughts. But we have bi- biological trauma reactions, and we're work. Then we have to work with the limbic, and so the limbic is not going to answer questions like, "Is that true?" The limbic is like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> how do you How do you feel when you carry it? What danger? <laughs> What's so funny is I. Speaking of trying to love myself for how I am, I love people who sort of can can intellectualize it, but also show their limbic. Laura Bites. Yeah. Last night, Beth Stelling and I had a great chin wag Mm. just about like, I can't remember what it was, but it was something vulnerable. Yeah. Something sort of like, and we were just bonding so hard over that. Yeah. So it's not that it needs to be of service to people to be lovable, but my panic at the disco, panic Mm. at the doggo, (laughs) uh, is, is, a, a bridge between me and other people that have limbic trouble. Yes, but but also here's the thing. It's here's not your, the thing, chicken head. It's not, and this is true for everybody, as Tara Brock would say, this is not your personal pathology. Everybody has 
It's not like some people have a big... I don't think. Some no, I understand. Yeah, that's limbic. good. I like this. So everybody has that. And so here's what I think where the work comes in. The belief... When you when you start to tell your story... So Brody barks. You get scared. You kind of react curtly to <clears throat> him, just verbally. And then you start telling yourself the story of like, I'm so fragile. I'm a piece of shit. Why do I practice all of these things? Yeah, and then they don't the work. Yeah. And that, and those are the things I think to do the work on because that's like that's storytelling. That's the verbalizing, yeah. But your reaction in that moment This is deeply helpful, yeah, I hear you. I the I think the only way to <clears throat> to work with that reaction is by tending to the limbic nervous, like, is it nerve? I don't know. But the limbic part the of limbic your brain. The limbic system. The limbic system, exactly. And um, and the only real way to get to that is through kindness and nurturing. It's interesting. I, I've often thought if you had, like, Eckhart Tolle and somebody fires a gun into the air, his shoulders have to jump. Yeah. You know I what I mean? so, yeah. But isn't it funny that we're even talking about that? That feels so churchy right now. Yeah. Like, like, you put, what if Jesus, like, what if Jesus, you know? Like, yeah. What would Jesus do if he met Hitler? Yeah. yeah. Would he, like, be cool with it? Yeah. By the way, so everything you just said was so great. We both laughed because I cued this song up. <laughs> but this is literally what I heard in my head when you started telling me about how to have compassion and patience for my limbic while I'm waiting for the, the, the my lid to reassemble mm-hmm. so I can deal with it a little bit more consciously. Which, by the way, as I'm saying that, I'm so proud, and not in a bad way. I'm just proud that we're that first people are listening, that they're interested in this. So I'm proud of everybody, and I'm proud of you and I right now having this conversation. I wish more people don't you. I mean, obviously, I'm thinking my childhood. I'm like, I would have yes. jizzed a giraffe's load if anybody <laughs> was like going like, wow, that really, I that went to the lower parts of my brain, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I need to take a second. Oh my god, And this is how it made me feel. (laughs) Every time I grab my books and I get myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus bus fly by. To fly? Bus fly by, yeah, you missed the bus. Yeah. But it's alright, because you stay by the bell. (laughs) But that but doesn't make any doesn't sense. Make any <laughs> if you if you miss the bus, to race the bell. Yeah, save by the bell means you're in a tight spot, and then the bell rings yes. and you can leave. It class. should be like when I go and see Deborah, and she asks me why I didn't call her. <laughs> yes, or this is what it should really be. I didn't do my homework, and the teacher calls on me, and I have to give my presentation. Yeah, everyone's looking here, and I'm feeling kind of I can't say that word, but fear. I'm fearing lots of fear. <laughs> <laughs> but before I open my mouth, I hear the bell. Clearly, I was just saved by the bell. <laughs> Clearly, I, I've been saved by the bell. And then it would be over because that's the only example. Uh, I really He wonder. missed the bus, but it's all right. I'm saved by the bell. No, the bell is the thing that... That's what I'm saying. The, the bell wait. is the problem. I know. I'm fucked by the bell. Do you think that they fucked had the this conversation when whoever wrote it played it for the producers and they're like, uh, do you think people are going to notice that in that situation you wouldn't be saved by the bell and then like the guy had some example of like 
No, it's like the bell <laughs> was... If there wasn't a bell, then who knows if he was like... like that I is to to so good. I want to listen to the second verse and see if it addresses what being saved by the bell actually means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go See the bus fly by. Okay. Yeah. Chorus. We're not gonna learn. We're not gonna learn anything here. It's the chorus. <laughs> okay. Here we go. No one in a mess. Yep. This is it. Okay. This, this is, is it. it. He's done. Yeah. I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't believe it was your example because it's so ingrained in there. Yeah. That it really was. My like... dog ate all my homework last night, so he doesn't. Riding on my chair, she won't know that I'm there. Uh, if I can hand it in tomorrow, it'll be all right. Yeah. Is the rest of, I mean, we can listen to it. <laughs> oh, I'm right. sorry. Riding low in my chair. Yeah. That's not being saved by the bell. That's being saved by covert tactics. Yeah. You should say, like, she saw me and she called on me and to- asked me to stand <laughs> up and present my findings from my homework. Then the bell rang. <laughs> if it end with, then the bell rang. <laughs> Clearly, I've, I've been saved by the bell. Here's uh. Kim. There are other songs called Saved by the Bell? This is Saved by the Bell by K. Bell. Oh, I get it. He's saying, like, he's Bell. Oh, yeah. So he's saying, like, I saved you, basically. All right. Mm -hmm. All right, K. That's cool. I didn't... I could have gone either way with it, but I like that you went positive. (laughs) I liked it. I wonder how... Okay. Okay. This is so close to hot shower. Wait a minute. Oh no. Um, okay, just play Hot Shower now. Oh, I don't have to play. I will. No, do it for the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure this is like, it's like if we're playing. Well, let's see. He has four monthly listeners, so no no disrespect to K Bell. Yeah. But it, yeah, I guess it does sound like Hot Shower. Let's just play Hot Shower. One to and, prove your point, but like, mostly just to enjoy Hot Shower. I know, Hot Shower is And the that best. song did come out in 2021, and well, that's not oh, Hot no. Shower. This is Hot Shower. Hot Shower came out in, who knows, who cares? But maybe this is also like a style of hip-hop, you know, like how blues songs will all have the same alarm. What song did we hear today where the bridge was? I didn't know. Oh, wait. Did I recognize that song? Yes, I did. It was the bridge of the song. It's like it's not Ryan Adams, but it's something like uh, that. I, I should have just written it down. It. Yeah. Was I want it that, that way. way? Yeah. I don't mean I'm always doing that thing. We've talked about that before, where I notice other songs sound like other songs. This just was. Yeah. I want it that way. Yep. And it's like it was something. It, I said it wasn't if you asked me to, but it was something corny, kind of like that. Uh-huh. I won't be able to think of it. I can tell, but it's great. I mean, how can you? It's the best. You, you just like him. I love you just enjoy him. How could you not like that? It's as a so as good. a as a guy, right um, from the first line. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I have more on the limit. <laughs> Great. Hundred <laughs> well, percent, JK. Never even make the point, Valerie. Hundred percent, JK. The only reason we played. Um, that song that I just the Say by the Bell theme song. What are you looking for, you rummager? I'm looking. This Having gets loose, and I like to tighten it. My chair gets loose. But now my stools also get loose sometimes. Oh wow, that is 
Unnecessary. Unnecessary. I noticed your chair in your office gets loose, and I, I didn't have the tool to fix it. It's you know okay. why that one gets loose? Because I put it together. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, um, so limbic. Limbi. Okay. Limbi. Okay, well, the one thing I wanted to say is that you, because you mentioned if you had this, you know, as a child, it would have been, you would have yeah, uh, come she- a giraffe's load. And, <laughs> 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 and, um, and it just made me think, like, this is applied. That whole flipping the lid hand model is from Dan Siegel, who has a great book with Tina Payne about parenting, which I recommended, I think, in the last podcast. It's called The Whole Brain Child. And that's where I first heard that. Uh-huh. Because they talk about... So Jason Siegel and Tina Fey <laughs> yeah. wrote a book about the brain? Yeah, about parenting and the brain. Weird. Um Maybe, that makes me feel like maybe I didn't get her name right because it's so similar, but I think it's I think it's right. Um, and she, they talk, so it's really helpful to know for yourself, and it's helpful to know for your child because, of course, their frontal lobes aren't even fully developed. Yeah. And so she, he talks, for example, about like the difference between a downstairs tantrum and an upstairs tantrum. One, and we're really seeing this with Leela. Like, it's so cute when she has an upstairs tantrum where she's, like, fake crying and she puts her hands over her mouth and, like, yeah. shakes her shoulders. Like, she's like... <laughs> it's like a silent movie. <laughs> yeah. Or a Japanese game show. And she's just, like, kind of fake crying because she's learned by our sort of bad parenting that when she cries, we just kind of give her whatever she wants. How dare you? Um, so, but it's also just completely normal and natural for them to do that. But then if she's having a limbic downstairs tantrum, that's when they are really like sobbing out of control and can't stop. And that's when going like, but you don't get the pa- the pacifier is only for nighttime, so you'll get it at nighttime. Like she's not hearing any of that. Yeah, her she, her brain is fully in like a survival mode. She probably even her hearing is not as good, so she yeah. literally isn't it's like in the movies when it's like. It in. <laughs> exactly, Mr. Langer. Yeah, and that's where you just sit and be with it and let it out and, like, nurture, and that's the name of the game. Yeah, Um, I love that. So that's true for us, too. So this whole thing from Tara Brock about limbic to liberation is when you have a reaction to anything, it could be a trigger from a family member or a dog barking, but, like, whenever you have a reaction, that's kind of how you know to do this practice, which is to first notice your limbic's intention and so limbics is my favorite cereal (laughs) (laughs) it makes me freak out (laughs) an ice cold bowl of limbics silly rabbit limbics are for toddlers yeah okay Um, not worth uh, interrupting (laughs) (laughs) just a tiny bit like we're playing musical chairs your limbics um your, your limbic your limbic intention Mm. so like if bro it's easier if you do an argument but i think we could apply it but if you get a reaction if brody gets a reaction out of you you can even be like okay so my limbic system's intention was to protect me to um 
what? I mean, you're the one with the reaction. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, I love this. You know, to get to safety, to, yeah. like, protect my daughter, to protect you. These are all... Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to do that, obviously. But yeah, but there's like a the Protect yourself, protect everybody. And you know what? It's also, like, stop it. Like, make it stop for yourself and for others. Yeah. Yeah, so that... It's trying to say, like... We're hearing basically, it's almost like not as bad as gunshots, obviously, but something unsafe is happening. So it's going, get to safety, make it stop. Yes. So this is something that you would do, by the way, after the reaction. You can't do that in the split second between Brody and the reaction. But I think the more you practice this, maybe it will over time change your reaction or maybe, and maybe more, more likely... It will change your relationship to your reaction. I like that. So you... That's that's really helpful because the most fucked up thing is the more I study of mysticism and the deeper I go, the actually the worse yeah. I can feel because that I'm having telling... this like failing moment. Yeah. Where I'm like, I know you are a living spirit. I know you are precious. I know... I should be in love. And then you're this like embarrassment. Yeah. So I just read that Richie Rohr prays for one humiliation a day. And I'm like, so in that sense, Brody's this great gift. Yeah. Because I shouldn't believe that I have the control over these things or that I'm willing myself. And we're back to the performance principle. Mm -hmm. I'm willing myself through knowledge, through meditation, through practice, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be into a place that I earned that is love and it's just a permanent conversion now because I did it. Yeah. I did it. Yep. And he's a reminder that I haven't done it. Yes. And I think I can feel Richie's voice saying, good. Yeah. Because that's what's happening. Yeah. Keep dying. Keep being born again. That's right. And you can love that. That like your... So this would be something you kind of do in a meditation maybe after. But really get the sense of what that the intention is. And this helps if you're feeling it in the body. What do I feel when Brody reacts or when Brody barks? What is that? And, and when you ask yourself what the limbic's intention is, allow it to like arise from your body, not your brain. Yeah. You know? And then you nurture and address that in, intention. You say, oh, yes, you wanted to keep me safe for centuries an animal's dangerous noise was to alert me specifically i would imagine i haven't heard this but i'm i think you barking was probably to alert a human of danger exactly yeah so it's so encoded in me this is not a failing in fact that's what brody is saying he's saying danger yeah that is what brody is saying he's not saying hello yes (laughs) and um and so you tend to that and you speak nurture to it directly and you and love you, it and you love it and you're kind and you're like, thank you for alerting me. I'm okay. And then you ask yourself, what is your highest intention? And that's kind of a, di- a flipping the story of I should be better on its head because it's actually saying, well, what is now your high now that we're calm, what is your highest self intention? And you're like to be, connected to Brody to see the divine in Brody (coughs) and you connect and love that intention as opposed to being like I didn't do it I'm not doing it you're like look at that beautiful intention in me that I want to do that yeah and you're and you're it's not a failing because the intention is the thing you know yeah 
That's so, really nice. I think that's a really great... I, I'm loving it. It's. I mean, I heard it yesterday, so I've only practiced it a couple times. But it really is like... It's just helping me see things where I'm like, oh, that's just my my limbic intention and I can nurture that. And then I can redirect myself to identifying can, can, the highest self. Once it's death I, and I, resurrection. It, it's it's the, the opposites. Yeah. It's both sides of your brain. And that's what Richie keeps saying over and over, that it's not just being nice and believing the right things and being moral. And it's not just scary icons of bleeding-eyed, yeah. you know, saints. Yeah, it's both. It's the it's the the death and it, I think I don't know if I got that right, but it's like good and evil, we're, light and dark. We're like animal and spirit in this example, for sure. Well, you that's know? that's what he says. Is the the paradoxes in the gospel are so apparent? My favorite is that he says Jesus was a man, but he has the soul of a woman, and he's like, if you look mm-hmm. at how he talks. It's utterly feminine, and he has uh, all these great examples. Love it, that, obviously. Yeah, I, I knew you would. <laughs> that was so great, Mama. Thank you for sharing that. Thank do you want to hear a question? I do. Um, <clears throat> a week alone with unlimited money, what would each of you do? I thought that was a fun one from mm. Ashley Joe 84 That's a really fun one. A week alone? And like, sort of... I'm alone or we're alone? Let's say we're alone. <laughs> Which well, says, what would each of you do? Oh, you're right. Okay, a week alone with unlimited. Which is so funny because you were out of town last night, mm-hmm. and I when you got back, I was saying I was like, there. It's a good sign, I think. Usually, when you're alone, you do the things that you can't do. Mm-hmm. And I acknowledged that there was some co- like a codependent flavor to this, but when you were gone, I realized that there's almost nothing. That I want to do that I don't do, evidenced mm. by my constant farting. <laughs> that when you're there, it's just the same guy, yeah, <laughs> as the alone guy, yeah. It's almost like if I did hold in my farts. Who did I say? Oh, I said it to Patton. I was like, the fact that I don't really like exercise. Like I, I walk and I hike sometimes, but like I don't like get on a machine and exercise is linked to how I fart in front of you <laughs> because exercise is discomfort now for good later. <laughs> Holding it. <in> a- <laughs> Holding in a fart is discomfort now for good later. Like the idea you have good. of me, but I will not exercise, and that's farting. Like farting is not exercise. So great. You like it? I think that's really right on the money and very funny. Really? Should I do it on the stage? I think there's a way to do it. Yeah. It's hard to say fart on stage without people thinking you're a total hack. Fart. Uh, I think there's a way to do it. Farting and not exercising this is something i'll see and have no idea what it means mm. also exercising is one of those words how do you spell it i know it's one it's, of my words i can't i i actually am a pretty supreme speller but i that is one of my hardest words exercises and matt mccarthy bit uh squirrel and diarrhea Diarrhea is impossible. Yeah. Diarrhea is impossible for everybody. I think it's D-I-A-R. It's not as weird as you think it is at first. It's D-A... Yeah, and then there's the H. H-E-A-H. Is that it? No, there's only one H, I think. There should be okay. two H. If you have an H, you got to have two H's. D-I-A-R. Nope. H. D... It's two D-I-A-R-R. H-E-A. The H-E-A sounds like a department that deals with diarrhea. Squirrel We're sending somebody from the HEA. That's how I'll remember it. Dyer R H E A. That didn't help. No. Oh, Dyer Rhea, like Rhea Butcher. 
dire. Like Rhea has I mean, diarrhea. I no, maybe she doesn't want us to do this. Isn't there another Rhea? <laughs> okay, a different oh, Rhea. I mean they. If there's a di- if there's a different, I didn't say any pronouns, but the, I no, the I wonderful corrected Rhea- myself. Okay, yeah, I was just making sure I didn't. The wonderful Rhea Butcher, mm-hmm. Rhea, Dyer, are. Wait, there's no H. There's no second H. You spelled it wrong, even in our example. Wait, I've forgotten H E A. Yeah, I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna have it. Let's so just it's move it's on. a dire situation for Rhea. I get yeah, it. R H E A. Yeah, it's a dire situation We're for Rhea. We're taking Rhea Butcher out of this. There's there's another Rhea. Um, I think okay, it's the let's person find who another Carla in Rhea Ripley is a profe- Australian no, professional Rhea wrestler. No, Rhea Perlman is the Rhea Perlman. Okay, Rhea Perlman has diarrhea. Yeah. It's a dire, but it's D I A R Rhea R H E A. Do you realize? I don't know how many people are listening, but. At least 10,000 people just learned how to never not remember yeah. how to spell diarrhea. And that's a gift we're giving the universe. Yeah, no, I think uh, so. That was a joke. But diarrhea. Okay. Um, you want to... Oh, uh, you you get unlimited money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a week. Okay, here's here's what first came to mind. Oh, my point was all I did was I smoked a little bit of a joint because you, you gave up the reefer... So, like, smoking pot, for some reason, feels more like... So, that's all I did. Yeah. I took two toots of a tutor, and then I think I watched Star Trek The Next Generation, because that's all I could think of for, like, what do guys, married guys, do when they're alone? And I think it's watch Star Trek. (laughs) I love it. It was a hack evening. Well, my... That's not my answer. I'm just saying I struggle with, like... But you have unlimited money. And I'm going to take this off the table. You can't like say, "Well, I'd go to New York and, and buy apartment buildings." <laughs> right? You know. No, let's give a fun answer. Yeah, for sure. I I'll share what came first came to mind, and I think it's a pretty good one. But here's just another little piece of this: if I was alone and I had unlimited money, that I because I'm you know my wounding is around being alone. Like this doesn't sound that. None of that sounds fun to me anymore because I'm alone. <laughs> and I, de- I think, yeah, that's what she's getting at. So it's like, yep. But I would it's make what makes the it psychological, it. psychologically easy, interesting. Yeah, I guess so. Because I, I just like, I would do something really fun. It just, it still wouldn't be as fun as if I was doing it with a friend or you or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm totally with you because, like, I, this is not my answer, but, like, with unlimited money, I bet they would let you stay in the Magic Castle. Yeah. Like, in Disney World. But, like, but then, like you're just the guy you can't who share com- <laughs> you come down from the turret of a, fairy, uh, of a princess's castle yeah. and just walk around alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. It's actually, I wonder if she intended it this I know, way. because some people think that's like, that sounds great to be, like, some people like being alone so much that they're like, that's yeah. great, I'm alone and I can do whatever I want because I'm alone. Yeah. And and for me, that's never worked because the only thing that I want to do is not be alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, one thing that I do like to do alone, so when I'm alone, I will often cheer myself up by... Going to restaurants alone. I really like yeah. going to restaurants alone. Because then you're eating dinner with the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not alone because there's a lot, a lot of people. And the but, waiter's sort of like your hangout friend. Yes. Um, so this is the first thing that came to mind and I'm really sticking to it. I think it sounds amazing. Um, it. I love also going to 
Michelin star restaurants, like who wouldn't? And that's my expensive, elaborate thing. Um, and having like very slow, long meals of like courses of tiny bites coming to me. So I would go to Paris, fly first class, and... Well, you have unlimited money, you're going to fly private. If, yeah, but that's bad for the environment. But then then you get into like, well, why wouldn't I be just giving this money to charity? And that's, Yeah, but you have so much money, you can give proportionately give, to the one... You can give, yeah, I'll give so them a billion dollars, charity. and then you take one private plane. <laughs> okay, sure. And the private plane is filled with emus, like an endangered species <laughs> that you're going to like reinvigorate in uh, Paris. Yes, so I'll use my money to fix the environment problem. <laughs> like I think it's just money that is the <laughs> issue. Uh, and then I would take a private plane, and I would um, go to Paris... And I would shop and buy something, like, very fancy that I would never wear, usually. And then I would just go to all of the Michelin star restaurants. That's a great answer. In Paris. And t- and have long, like, four-hour dinners. And, um, and, like, yeah, stay in the nicest place and yeah. walk around. And, yeah. and in the mornings have a chocolate croissant because that's my favorite food. And, um, yeah, that's what I do. You know, as a stand-up, I've spent so much time in cities by myself. Mm-hmm. And they were they could be really hard. Like, yeah. even if you were in the best city in the world. And back when I was boozing... Um, sometimes I would just get drunk during the day mm-hmm. and sober up by the show. That's how hard it was the fourth day in San Francisco, like in great cities. Yeah. Like you'd just be like, it, we were just talking about this, that paralyzing, like you're like, I, there's so many things I could do and then you just do none of them. I know. Like I had a day, you were out of town. This is the day you were out of town. And Iris came to get leave for a couple hours and I was like, I could do anything. And then I was yeah. like, I can't do anything. Like That's I just how was I spent in a funk almost every day before we had Leela. <laughs> yeah, no, I think when it's I a was... deeply relatable. Yeah, deeply. Re- and Richie said that today in the talk. He was like, "Being a human being is being unsatisfied." Mm. He's like, "That's what he- being a human is." Mm. Is the feel? And I was like, "Boy, remember I had that bit where I was like, I wake up and I want coffee, and then I have coffee, and then I need food, and then I eat food." Right. And then I want a nap, and then I have a nap, and then I need simulation, then I have simulation, then I need solitude, then I have solitude, then I need dinner, and then I have dinner, and then I need to take a dump, and then I, I feel dirty, I take a shower, and then I go, you know how I want to feel? Differently. Yes, It's okay. almost never just like, this is, this is that, that used to be true. A huge practice of, of ours is just to be like, this is, this is it. This but is it, baby. This is what I love about what Richie said, and that bit, is you you didn't even know this. I think I told you... Before, but it was definitely way after you had that bit. You didn't know like how right you were, or maybe you did. But um, Jack Cornfield tells a great story about a um, Zen master or monk, Buddhist monk or somebody, but like a, a wise teacher who would instruct her followers to um, or her students to not do any action to first get in touch with the need before they would do any action. So for example, you wake up and you just lay in bed. So you do nothing until you feel the the need. Hmm. So you, you lay in bed and then eventually 
you realize you have to pee. And actually, I don't even think they, he used, they used, she used the word need. I think it was like discomfort yeah. or unpleasantness or pain even. Um, so you lay in bed and then eventually you, no- you notice that you have to pee. So you get up and you go to the bathroom and you sit and you sit and sit and sit. And then eventually you notice that you're getting uncomfortable. So Wait, you, you get sit up. after you pee? Or you're sitting while you're peeing. And then when you're done peeing, you stay seated? You stay seated until the next need comes. Oh, wow. And then you realize you're getting uncomfortable. So you get back up and you go sit in a chair. And then you sit in the chair for a little while and you re- realize that you're hungry. And then you go but the, and oh, yeah, feed yourself. I love this. So, so, and it goes on and on the rest of the day. And the reason why she instructed that was to basically get into t- in touch with the idea that being human is being unsatisfied and have compassion for that. Mm. Like, this is what we're working with. This is the It's like the system. Reality. It's the software that you're running. And it's not to be like, so isn't that awful? What a rigged game. It's to right. have compassion for it and well, just be like, this is the game. I was, I just, I, forgive me, I did write it down because I've, I've never done that bit on stage and I'm like, I could even say to the audience, like, even right now, you're like, I was bored so I wanted a show. But so many of you are like, I've had a show now. I want to go home. Yeah. You know, like always wanting to be the next place. Well, Ram Dass talks about it too. It's in Be Here Now. It's one of my favorite things. So it's not a, it's not a new idea. The line that made it unique to me was, you know how I want to feel differently. That's what sounded like a joke to me. Yeah. But anyway, so I've been doing this weird thing. I always want to be careful because I, even though I do struggle with overeating, I don't think I have unhealthy... What I'm about to say sounds kind of extreme, Mm -hmm. but it works really well for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not recommending it, but I eat bats. (laughs) And I have been since before COVID. Way before COVID. When I I heard about that... I might be responsible for COVID. No, I don't think it was me, but when I heard about that guy eating the bat, I was like, yeah. (laughs) Crispy. Mouse-like delicious. Don't they eat bats in Three Amigos? They do. I love That's it. That's what started it. Yeah. They also eat bats in Anchorman, too. Which, when I we rewatched Three Amigos, and I was like, that's just in... There's no way that wasn't in the brains of the people writing Anchorman 2. I'm not saying this to say they stole it. I'm saying like everything is a product of everything of that course, came before it. Of course, it's such an inspiration. So they have fried bats. <laughs> I'm sure it was an inspiration, like, formed the senses of humor of the people you know of mckay and of, like yeah for sure because it did for so many people i can also see a reality where you're like he, okay champ has a fried chicken place but it's bats i mean yeah yeah it, I, I could see you both ways anyway so Sadguru, who's a teacher that we uh, that we really love he talked about somebody asked him about intermittent fasting and he was like this has existed for thousands of years in in india as a yoga because the idea is if your stomach isn't digesting, it can tend to the body. So it's not about weight loss. It's about healing. It's about regulating your levels mm-hmm. um, and not giving your stomach this constant churning task. Mm-hmm. Like, here, turn this into liquid. You know, even like an apple. You're eating an apple. You're like, good luck with that. And it's like, oh, here we go. And if it's the way that I would, even when I was intermittent fasting 16-8, which would mean you just start eating at like one and you'd stop eating at nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's one way to do it. But during those eight hours when I was eating, I was just eating all day, basically little bits, mm-hmm. meaning I'm cooking for Leela. I'm going to have a little bit. Uh, you're having snacks. 
I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat way too much of those snacks. Mm -hmm. So he proposed or he didn't propose. He illuminated me to the idea. And he said that this is a big yoga and it's thousands of years old is you eat uh, twice a day. And the key is to not eat for eight hours in between those meals. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, I was just like, for some reason, and this is the, the test everybody should run on all these things. And then maybe talk to a doctor too. But I was like, uh, that just sounds intuitively correct to me. I don't know why, but I like that. Mm -hmm. And here, I'm, I'm getting back to what you just said. One thing, it just completely changed my relationship with food. I eat at 10 basically on a normal day, and then I eat at 7. Mm -hmm. It's basically the no lunch thing, and then it's the no snacking thing. Mm -hmm. I've noticed a couple things. One is my digestion's much better. Uh, I have absolutely no heartburn. I'd occasionally have heartburn, meaning my, my stomach has no problem Digest. You also stop eating two hours before bed. You can't just like eat at seven and then eat till you're asleep, which is what I used to do. You have to stop two hours before you go to bed. So all of that. But the, the main thing is I noticed that what I feel as hunger, which is what you were saying, sit on the toilet until you feel something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was what a great what a unintentional great, joke. What a great it was way to great. Like minimize that. <laughs> and, and minimize, yes, that was good. That was it. Um, I've noticed that what I call hunger is actually 12 things and none of them are hunger. Mm -hmm. It's I'm stressed. Yeah. The world isn't going the way I want it to. So I'm going to make something happen that yeah. is what I want. Yeah. Which is a box of Cheez-Its. I will resume control. Mm -hmm. I will resume agency. I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I'm the king of the castle. Yeah. I'm powerful. Mm -hmm. The world doesn't happen to me. I happen to the world. Uh -huh. And it's and now that I've been forced because I'm, my brain is really, really good with black and whites. Mm -hmm. Stop drinking. Got it. Uh, don't eat eight hours in between your meals. Got it. Like, mm -hmm. So, again, I'm not saying this is for everybody. I'm not even saying this is for anybody but me. But because I have to now feel the sensation okay. and my brain goes, hunger, hungry, eat something. And then I go, well, we're not doing that right now. So then it's the, the feeling, which is just like a purple-green cloud, softens. Mm -hmm. And as it starts to dissipate, I can see what it was actually made of. Mm -hmm. And it was not hunger. Yes. It was all... I mean, I'm going to say the, the one of the weird epiphanies I had from doing this practice is food ain't shit. Meaning... Mm -hmm. It's, it's getting close to seven and I can eat. And really the, the feeling is not that you want to eat, but that you want to be allowed to eat. Yeah. So in the mornings where I eat at like 8 a.m. and I'm allowed to eat at like, what is that, four? Mm -hmm. No problem going till seven. Because yeah. all I really want is the green light to do whatever the fuck right. I want. Yeah. But there have been so many times when I'm eating that evening meal, the dinner meal, the mm -hmm. sup, mm -hmm. when I'm supping and I'm realizing that it's not making me feel how I thought it might make yeah. me feel. You're just eating it and you're like, fuck, it's just stuff. Mm -hmm. I just chew it and I swallow You can enjoy it. But when you are constantly like a rat in a cage hitting the button for the cocaine, mm -hmm. cocaine ain't, like you think cocaine is the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And when you, and I'm just talking about cocaine like you're addicted to food. When you slow it down into these two regimented things, I really have moments where I go, this is what all the commotion was about? Yeah. This is what I was obsessed about all day? Mm -hmm. 
Eating good stuff. Well, because you have, what I'm hearing is it's that you have addressed the need underneath the hunger already. And so then the need isn't as, as deep. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, it's not, it's, it's literally just feeding your body. It's not feeding now like a void because, because you, you had to feed the void first. First. And, and when that's you're, a, essentially like mindful eating and intuitive eating. A lot of people have recommended that to us. And it's definitely something I want to look more into. But I've also experienced this where I would love to be more, do more intuitive eating and, and mindful eating without having to make rules See, I was like, the, the idea of intuitive or mindful eating is nothing without the rules. But, well, that's it. I'm saying I think that there, I have only really been able to practice it when there are the rules. And there is something to it. Like, it's uh, the example I'm thinking of is like, you know, Leela will push up against a boundary really because she wants to hear a no so that then she can let out cry cry and let out sadness and energy and stuff so there is sometimes having that boundary to push up against to be like okay now what what is underneath this that's interesting i also thought another way to look at what you just said is that my body is asking for love right and sometimes you go oh i've confused food with love but not really, because when you're eating, you can love yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the food itself might not be love, but your body is going, I'm stressed out. I need some attention. Yeah. And so we've stapled the attention bill to the food bill. Yeah. But what I'm finding is you can, because of, in huge part, because of what you've taught me, mm-hmm. you can just take a moment to go, that's okay. Yeah. I see that you're like... Sometimes it comes out in, you know, I love the word despondency, but it comes out in a despondent moment mm-hmm. where I'm like, what is the point? Mm-hmm. This is such a weird game. It's such a dumb system. There's so much pain and suffering or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then that will come through as hunger because it want, I'm, I need to have a moment to listen to myself and address myself and say, it's okay, baby. Mm-hmm. But I I would only do that when I was eating. You get it? Mm-hmm. Like, so I would mm-hmm. eat and that was, I, may, I, I let it become my way of loving myself. Yes, absolutely. And, and by the way, there has been... That makes so, that's so smart. As I'm saying this, I'm having a, a, a reaction, a negative reaction to the idea of anyone going like, Oh, Pete's saying when I'm hungry, I should just not eat and and notice that I'm really stressed or something. Fuck that shit. I don't want that for you. This works for me. I hate that for you. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing this because I've never had a moment during this. I've been doing it for almost eight weeks now. I've never had a moment where I'm like, God, I'm dying over here. I wish I could eat. And that was the experiment. It works for me. Yeah. Meaning... There was a time when I, I might have felt more lightheaded at the beginning, mm. and I pushed through that. Mm. But like, I I hate that willpower thing. To the to the person saying next time I want to eat ice cream, I'm just going to do what Pete says and try to heal my stress. Um, I would say eat like, and this is so helpful. If you eat sugar in the morning, I don't think you can do eight hours to your next meal. Chemically speaking, uh. like if you're eating like refined sugar, mm. you, you, you've lost. Like you gotta eat. Like I eat a boring ass mm. breakfast that I like. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm the reason I'm sharing this. It seems like such a non sequitur. Is like 
you need to be eating in a way that allows you. You need to eat real food. Yeah, is what it is. You need to eat actual things, not processed food. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, now they're pulling the strings. Yeah. And four hours, like even eating uh, white bread or something, four hours later, you're going to have a sugar yeah. crash, yeah. and your body's going to be screaming. Not, I'm stressed. It's going to be screaming for a chemical yeah. that you introduced. So yeah. have compassion for that, too. Really what it is is like all mindfulness. It's like everything is in the pause before. And you're. this has forced you to pause. Which I needed that force, yes. Yeah. And um, But the pause, if there's any recommendation here, it's just that pause. That's, that's it. And that's it. And it's uh, as an act of love, which, by the way goes it it's that goes back to that unconditional love that goes to if you don't do it or if you do have sugar in the morning or white bread or whatever the love doesn't stop the love ha- that's, continues that's why I thank you for shining another light on that cuz that's what i'm saying yeah like really what i'm communicating is you're not bad or unlovable yeah. if you if you don't do that like and and if it becomes another Performance-based principle, at. yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you do it and you're good and you don't do it, you're bad. Drop it. Fuck that shit. Because the shame is the the issue, and we talk about that more in uh, the episode with Tara Brock too. That yeah. that the shame is the driving force behind any of this. That's right. And for some reason, something that sounds like something you would do to torture yourself, mm-hmm. I actually found a liberation in that, yeah. which I never never expected and again it was mostly because i have this thing on my hand i do believe that it's getting smaller and i think it might have something to do with it here's what i know is it started because i I looked into somebody messaged me and they were like i have dupatrin's contracture on my right hand and they're like you should get radiation Mm -hmm. and then i i even called a place that would do radiation and that's such a that's such a nuke i'm not saying it's a bad nuke but it's a real nuke it's like something intense they're like we're gonna zap it five times a week for a week and it's going to blow it up basically. Mm. And I'm like, this is one of those moments where I, I, I want to put my money where my mouth is. First of all, this is not a, a life threatening thing. So it's safe to play this game. But I was like, I believe in the whole. Yeah. Richie even makes the point that Paul's idea of the church is, is a relationship is a group of people that are in love together. Mm. Uh, like in that space. He's also like Chinese medicine also understands and treats the body as a whole. Yeah. That there's a, that we tend to nuke the symptom. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I believe that. That's mm-hmm. intuitively right to me. Mm-hmm. Something's going on here. Yeah. Maybe by doing this uh, eating schedule, it'll give my body more time to repair. Yeah. And that's that seems to be working. And whether or not it's working or not, I'm really enjoying it. But anyway... If it causes judgment or negative beliefs, fuck that shit. It's yeah. it's had the opposite for me. Yeah. Um, so what would you do with it? Oh yeah. <laughs> what a great you had such a great answer. So anyway, I didn't, I don't really like. I thought like oh I'd go to New York. It would be so fun to be in New York alone. But like you start feeling like the dreamer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Walking around watching other people in relationship can start to make you feel even more isolated. Yeah. So even if you're going and seeing great shows and stuff, mm-hmm. it's what I said to Pat in my mushroom epiphany. It's all an excuse to be together. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard to bond with a group of strangers. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure others might be able to do it. I, I struggle with it. The strangers actually seem to define my solitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Instead of going like, here mm-hmm. we all are. It's all beautiful. We're That's all here. That's interesting, yeah. Um, so... 
I think I would want to go somewhere, and this is a real snooze of an answer. Um, I would want to go somewhere tropical and beautiful and do like a, a solo retreat. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. And I know I'm not really addressing the money thing, but like you'd get like a house in Malibu really and nice. rent it. Meaning I don't think my fantasy is a spiritual retreat that someone else dictates what I do. Yeah. Although it, based on my eating regimen, maybe I would enjoy that. Yeah. I really, when I would go and see Ramdas, I would have, what was it? 14 days less, 12 days. Yeah. I think it was less than that even. I think it was like eight days. Yeah. Of just reading and meditating in a house by the water. I'm like, that's that really is my favorite thing. Yeah, great. So that's my answer. That's a good answer. And every morning I just burn a leaf pile of cash. <laughs> that's that's how I'll address the, the money. Um, do you want another cue or are you feeling like we're done? Um, we Let's do one more. Can you play your game where you and Val, Val have to play a song and you don't know and you try to sing along? Yes, we can see Brown... C. Brown Incorporate Bus? C. Brown Inc. Bus. Okay, let's look it up. And C- yeah. We'll look up C. Brown Inc. Okay, so the the most... First of all, I, I wish I would remember to play these funny sillies. The, we're going to go on to... Um, it's a new website called Spotify.com. Um, <laughs> so, like writing a story together, give me like a, a word. Like one word. Uh, um... Sandwich. <laughs> sandwich. Sandwich. But wasn't that person... Oh, I thought the person recommended a song. No, he said, will you play that game where you try to sing along yeah, to a song I you don't Yeah, I thought that the C... No, that was his handle. Oh, okay. Sandwich, and I'm going to say fire. Um, the song that comes up when you type in sandwich fire is Food, Food for, for the, the Soul Food. by a band called Sandwich. Great. Val and I will now sing along to a song that we, uh, we've never heard before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Oh, it usually works better you with slow first, songs. You okay. First. Oh my god. <laughs> they took another lap. They took another lap on the instrumental. Does everybody wants a sandwich food for the soul? We can't do it. It's you too fast. Do slow, do slow it's got to be a slow okay, song. Then so we'll pick a Celine Dion song. Sorry, well, guys. Good luck finding one I don't know. <laughs> There's definitely a Celine Dion okay, song. Okay, it has to be know. one of her newer stuff because I, Val, I used that's, to that's listen it. to her so much. Of course, we're going to go into the late 90s. I used to have 90s. this album. Everyone had that album. Okay. I had that album. I didn't have that album. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know these. Okay, Blue Christmas. These are The Prayer. I, I think I know the prayer. I, I had this album. I'm trying to tell you. It's, the, it's her Christmas album. I've okay, ha- I, everyone relax. You have to do one a recent. She doesn't have recents. Albums. Oh, 2019. There Boom. We go. Courage, deluxe edition. Thank you, Celine. Okay. Flying on my own. That'll okay. be mine. Okay. Because that's what I'm doing. I'm flying on my own. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Let me, let me, in my It's It's too fast. It's not that fast. You're just bad at it. I'm already here. 
Kim is hard. You're good at it. If I do my way, I'm on my own. Wow, no fair. Okay, my turn. I'm flying on my own. Way too loud to hear what she's actually saying. Well, I just knew she was going to say flying on yeah. them. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, now it's too fast. Uh, here's Lovers Never Die. Uh, is, is this that slow? True? Yeah, this is slow. Okay, here you go. <laughs> you're you're going to see what she's saying. I'm going to. <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, go to the next one. Come on. No rap. No rap. I think that's a no rap. rap. No rap. No rap. Okay, falling in love again. Because her husband died. Aww. Don't don't make it sad. It is sad. Where's the man going on their day? Whenever feel I've gone again, my way. When it comes to guys, I see your face. Don't the only thing I could see. I Oh, she's in love again. 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 I can't believe I'm falling in love once again with a friend. <laughs> falling in love with longer enough to fall. Move on again. <laughs> Take it now. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love once again. Again. <laughs> I'll take it from here, baby. No, I'm just kidding. You do it. Okay, you're into it. No. Watch that. Okay, I'm feeling everywhere. We'll listen to the next line, and then we'll predict the line that's after it. Okay. I'm loving things I never thought I would like. Well, oh, it was a work. it was a three yeah. line yeah, verse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, okay, so I think the main takeaway here is that is Celine really Dion hard. still has it, uh, <laughs> and that like she's uh, she's a she's adapted to the times, and is really great. <laughs> Were you always set on having kids, uh, or did you just accidentally bust inside? I always thought it was bust, uh, bust. I would have thought it would be bust inside. He said bus. Yes, we've watched Bluey. Haven't you listened to this podcast? We talk about it as often as possible. (laughs) Um, I'm a conservative Christian that loves you too in the pod. I'm interested. What? What? I'm saying we didn't answer the The kids thing. Yeah, but we've answered that so many times. We always knew we wanted to have kids. Uh, There was like a brief period, like five years where I didn't think I wanted to have kids, but... Once we were, it was pretty obvious that we had found true love. It seems like, all right, you got to invite another person into this. Hilarious. I'm going to bust inside, I thought. 
I'm a conservative Christian that loves you two in the pod. Fun. Just wanted to let you know there are those of us out there. That's fun. Aww. I agree and disagree with so much on each episode. That's I'm fun. Sure. Which is a real delight. Oh, Brian Motes, you're the funnest. Aww. I found so much benefit in the talk of awareness meditation being here and all those things that the Christian tradition has not addressed thoroughly enough but are right there in the Bible. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. This is where he just goes, that being said, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I think want you, you to guys die. Are, yeah. Yeah. Here's a set of articles. Oh, he doesn't have a question. Um, oh, and the he has conservative a link. that you will enjoy. Aw. That's really sweet. The so first kind. article on the respondent, I encourage you to know these conserv- these conversations are happening. Love you guys. That's well, great. thank you, Brian. Brian. I'm really glad I read that. Yeah, me too. A few weeks ago, you and Val were trying to decipher the lyrics, specifically the dialogue, Preamble between Matt and Tim of To Steal My Sunshine <laughs> by Canadian pop icons Len. Well, one hit icons. And you didn't, he said that. No no offense, Len. And mm-hmm. you didn't quite catch the well, does he like butter tarts Oh, line. God. I think you'd really like the Canadian dessert, butter tarts. My question is with raisins or without. I've never oh, had a butter tart, but I'm throwing raisins without. in there. Oh, I'm throwing oh, raisins in there. No. I eat raisins ruin everything for me. Don't put them in my stuffing. Don't put them in my cookies. I don't like raisins. When it feels like you've lost touch with yourself, what brings you back? Corey King. Doing stand-up. Having uh, time with you. Maybe sexual. (laughs) Uh Um, For me, it is dancing. um, and seeing friends. Being with friends. Yeah, seeing friends for me, too. Um, and calling Mikey, calling either Mike, really. Yeah, friends is really the best answer for, for me. Long conversations with close friends and improvising at the piano helped Aww. me drop back into me. Oh, it's a really one. It's really fun. Yeah, thank you, Corey. Singing is another one for me. Singing uh, Celine Dion songs that I don't know. <laughs> Hilarious. What is your favorite Pokemon? I don't know any. Uh, I only Pikachu. know Pikachu, so that one. <laughs> I don't think Pikachu's a Pokemon. I think he's looking for the Pokemons with the guy with the hat. Okay. Beep. That you know more than I do. I'm pretty sure the guy with the hat is Gary Storage, but whatever. <laughs> what do you think of our Jesus-themed wine that donates water for every bottle sold? That's really funny. That's so funny. Is that real? JC Winemaker. I love that idea. Well, yeah, and you just got a free plug, JC Winemaker. Jesus theme wine that donates. I would also say if it's not psychedelic, I don't think it's historically accurate. <laughs> One, uh, do you jump at new challenges? Or are you more resistant to the challenge? As I get older, I'm way more resistant. It's so scary. I love opportunity. I love a new opportunity. Uh, we're both pretty opportunistic, but like you're helpful in that regard. Yeah, I get like weird offers sometimes. Like weird meaning not typical, and you're always like, "Do it." Yeah, and I do try. To do things that scare me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also play it safe a lot. Me too. How empty does life feel now that Coney, Conzi Zobrizis is retired from late night? You I'm know, always like, but he's going to a new show. Is he? Yeah, HBO Max. This whole uh, time I'm like, we're honoring the legacy, but I'm like, I mean, the name of the movie is Conan O'Brien Can't Stop. He's, yeah. If he was like, I'm going to Montana, yeah, like Johnny Carson and smoking cigarettes on a boat. That would be super sad, but way, I feel like we're going to get a lot more Conzies. The way I consume my my Conzies is his podcast now, anyway, so uh, it doesn't affect my day to day. But it did feel what I I actually really loved it because it ca- it like caused us all to just reflect on like how much he's shaped our senses of humor, and um, I loved seeing all of the posts and being like, yeah, all like. 
it it was the kind of the first big thing I was a part of, or oh, I was trying to word this in the post and I couldn't, so I just was like, I love Conan, but like <laughs> I. <laughs> I, it was the first time I was like, wait, I felt like a part of a club. I, I, Emily Gordon put it perfectly. It was like, you made me feel like I was a part of a cool secret club. And that was the first time I felt that way where I was like, wait, I love Conan and, and all these other people love Conan so much. And it feels like we're this club because it, it really was so unique that it was like, you either love it or you don't. And if you love it too, that means that we have probably have a lot in common. That's right. I love that. He's like a beacon. Yeah. Um, also, he changed my life. I, I didn't want to go too much in my yeah. post, but the, he started everything for me. Yeah. J.P. Buck booked me. Conan liked me. Late, late night show with him after, after the two spots. The unbelievable happened. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so everything, I've always fantasized about winning some award only so that I could say in my thank you speech, I could go go back further. Yeah. People usually thank, the, so I do, let's say I do another show with Tim Burton, mm-hmm. fake example. I would love to win an Emmy or something for that show, go up on stage and say, I'd like to thank Conan O'Brien uh, and J.P. Buck and Jeff Ross. I'd like to thank Judd Apatow and Josh mm-hmm. Church. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like. Go to the shows that made them aware of you to give you the show with Tim Burton. Yeah. But you don't have that. That's why they put time limits on those things. I know. I do want to also say that I never, like Conan, you know, through our kind of fun life, I've gotten to meet a lot of people that I love. Uh, But Conan is the one that I will have moments because I loved him so much when I was a kid. I have moments where, like, he's talking to us and I'm going, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm looking at Conan right now. I can't believe I'm talking to Conan right now. Like, because it's, like, such... I just never in a million years thought that I would get to know him as a person. And I don't know him that well. But, like, just never in a million years thought that I would would get to know him. And I, I, like, went to his show... I went to the late night taping when I was 15... And I really thought that this is my the one chance in my life that I'll ever get to see him, and mm-hmm. it's and that was like such a big deal. And now we get to talk to him sometimes. And, and you don't have to go into details, but that was kind of an uncomfortable family trip, and that so it wasn't what you hoped. Yes. And then you got to and redeem then, it. Yeah, I redeemed really it. Made me feel good by a thousand. Yeah, a lot of people asking if I'll interview Bo Burnham again. I would love to. Yeah. I just I don't know. Like I have such respect and awe for Bo. Mm-hmm. And I've texted him over the years because it's been years since he's done it. If he wants to come back, and uh, and this is not shots fired on Bo. He'll reply to other things, and he's a kind and generous person. But sometimes he just lets those go. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm in the biz. I know how that goes. Some yeah. sometimes no answer is the answer. Mm-hmm. But that made me sort of like hesitant to ask him again, and and just be like, if he wants to come back on, he'll say something. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I go. I I've, I haven't drafted the text, but so many times I've almost wanted to be like, and it's usually when I'm in a good mood, be like, so many people are asking, and I love your special. We could just talk about it yeah. for two hours. But it's like when you have that, you're almost like uh, intimidated by his yeah. genius. Yeah, sure. So like there are other people that I don't feel as bad about bothering. Bounding. Yeah. 
And, and it's probably because I'm closer to them. Like, Kumail is a huge star now, but I'll bother him. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll also not reply. And he'll also not reply, and that'll but be fun. it's fine. not personal. He's just... Always on his phone, but never replies. I mean, that is the way you... That's what if you I say. would roast I Kumail, I would say, for a guy who's always on his phone, <laughs> how many times are you just looking at a text from me? I just think it's me and not replying. But yeah, in his he defense... replies to my texts. <laughs> in his defense, I'm usually texting him some nonsense. That's true. And some people just want to unsubscribe from the Pete Holmes text list. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I wish I could unsubscribe from my own. And I would also say when he texts back... You guys go nuts. Like, if I'm away... This has happened so many times where... Where you're on a group text. I'm on the group text, and I'm away from my phone for 30 minutes, and I and I look at it, and it says 42 messages, and it's just you and Kumail and Emily just, like, riffing a million yeah. texts. And honestly, I love that. <laughs> I love reading. I'll no, read all I, of them. You will? Yeah, I go back I and I not. read it. But I, I have a no scroll. You get one screen group chat. Yeah, There's no scrolling. Yeah. And also, don't reply to an old email. I, I can't be scrolling. I don't know why. An like, old email? Like, if you write me an email, and the way you do it is by replying to an old email chain we had from, like, six years ago. Oh. And the email isn't even in reference to that. And I just get an email that's like, re, 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 re. Oh. I, I don't know why. It just, it's just... I get that. Send me a fresh one. Yeah. Give me a fresh. Yeah, but I would say don't send me a fresh email in reply to another email because totally I agree. really do need to. But know that's what you're why about. that's why we have the paper trail ones. But yeah. don't send a new one because I'm not going to get it. Sometimes mm-hmm. a, a thread goes on so long that I'm just like, this one's over. Yeah, we're I'm done. sorry, it's over, it's done, and yeah. that's how I feel about text chains. Unless I'm manic, in which case I'm the worst. You need to answer this one. It's Heather B six one eight. She's she says I'm. Well, maybe she doesn't want her name. Is that okay? She didn't say. Don't say my name. Yeah. I'm 37 weeks pregnant and have a history of major anxiety and depression. Is there any advice you would give to someone who is trying to mentally prepare for postpartum and the possibility of slipping into a postpartum depression? Yes, I love this By the way, Heather, that is the only question I would be asking if I was uh, pregnant. I love this question so much. Thank you for asking. You, You all know me well enough by now to know that I love talking about pregnancy and postpartum. Um, So... The first thing I would say is, um, if you can, like being prepared is, is nice. I get that. But also try not to assume or tell yourself a, a whole story of like, I will have postpartum depression and anxiety because I have a history of this. So I definitely will. And to help with that assumption, I don't think she would mind, but I won't say her name, but we have a beautiful friend who just had a, a baby who's three weeks old now. And she was saying that she was expecting some depression, some blues after because she has a history of anxiety and she was as cool as a cucumber. Mm-hmm. And she was just as surprised. She mm-hmm. was like, I was expecting this, but like, we're really doing great. We're t- they're in a nice rhythm and it's, and it, in some ways, made I think, made her feel maybe calmer. So you don't know. You don't know for a fact that you will experience that. I expected to have it way more than I did. Um, so also, I, doesn't being around other people really help? We yeah, talked about well, that. So that's what I was going to say. So I think it is a weird game of like set yourself up for support. That's the best way to prepare. 
and then try notice when your mind is telling the story of I will experience postpartum depression and anxiety and just say, uh, thank you, mind. Thanks for looking out for that. Um, but we're okay right now. And just continue to, to notice that when you can. But setting yourself up for support and, and also noticing, I think this is important, there will be most likely moments of depression and moments of anxiety. And that doesn't mean that you are falling into a bottomless pit. That means that you very understandably just did this huge thing. Right. And there's going to be just moments well, of depression. Well, don't string things together. If yeah. things are strung together, forces beyond you. But that's just good advice for everybody. Yeah. It's like we said, Muji says, stop calling the day a bad day or I'm yeah. having a bad day. You have like, that's the bad st- moments. You're having bad moments. But like, why string those together into a necklace? Yeah. And then it, it's always like, you know, you're stuck in a closet Mm-hmm. The the real panic goes like I'm going to be in here. I'm going to run out of air. I'm going to die. Nobody's going to find me. They're going to find me on Monday, yeah. and like that doesn't help you. Yeah, just calm down and yeah, maybe try and kick the door down. <laughs> but I think as an act of love and doing it from this that that space, setting yourself up for support. So really making sure that you have people around you, whether it's friends or family members or a postpartum doula, if you don't have any of those, um, some way to, to have like a community because that's really how we were meant to do this. We were never meant to be alone. My therapist was like, I remember telling her that I would have some dark thoughts when I was alone with the baby. And she was like, yes, we were never meant to be alone with our babies. Like, yeah, never. Yeah. So just trying to have as much support as possible uh, and having people around you. And then um, there is a great book called The Fourth Trimester that really talks a lot about this um, that I highly recommend reading or listening to before you have it, uh, the baby to just kind of get prepared for... Um, yeah, for, for having support. And again, you're doing this, trying to notice that you're doing it from a place of loving yourself and loving the baby. Um, and not from a place of being afraid that you're going to like fall apart. Cause I definitely was afraid. Can you read it after you have the baby? Because she's nine months pregnant. You can, but, but, um, get on audiobook now. But you want to have, yeah, you want to have time to prepare cause you're not going to read a book for probably at least four four or five months after you have a baby. Fair. Uh, Also, just like, yeah, having kindness for yourself, knowing that this part of it is so small, so short in comparison, Mm -hmm. knowing that you will return if you, you, there will be probably a period of time where you're like, "Mm, who am I? (laughs) And maybe not, but you will return and you will, and everything is a season that changes. I also actually, what I wish I had had um, that I didn't is my therapist. I, I got my therapist three months after Lila was born, but I really wish I had had her in the early days. So I, I do recommend having a therapist and one that, that incorporates somatic stuff uh, in the body. Um, yeah, I think that's all of it. That's great. I actually thought of something else to that other person's question. What do you do when you don't feel like yourself? Mm -hmm. Eye exercises. 
That's why I my exercises. I have my red and blue oh, glasses. I exercises. I. I thought you were saying like E-Y-E. I exercise. No, I exercises. <laughs> I don't exercise. I do. I, I exercise. Although exercise is a great answer. Exercises is is the best the, answer. Hiking, dancing, hiking, yeah, hiking, and then. But for me, I e y e exercises because often when I'm feeling blue, it's because I don't have access to the energy, the mental energy mm-hmm. to find connection mm-hmm. and to find joy and appreciation because I just feel too mentally worn out. Yeah. And that's often, in my case, I'm pretty sure uh, linked to eye fatigue that I, I have very bad convergence sufficiency, which we've talked about. Abby Emily was the weirdo that told me about that after mm-hmm. I had a, the car accident. So if your eyes aren't operating properly... Mm-hmm. Um, in conjunction with one another, if they're not confer- converging sufficiently, that can lead to brain fog. So I'll, I'll every I don't know four months I'll just do this regimen. It's called H two S two, H T S two. You have to get I think a doctor to prescribe you to it. Tim Royer, who did the podcast, is the one who turned me onto it. I'll do that again. So I have like super, pre- and also Alpha Brain. And things yeah. like that. Yeah. No, no joke. That's not a like fake plug. Um, Great. All right. Are, all right we, are, we good? are we good? Yeah. I have a poem that we can... Um, Thank you for these great questions, and we will continue to go through them in the coming episodes. So if your question didn't get answered, please keep listening. Yeah. I'm into that. You have a poem? I have a poem because um, this week my... Beloved grandfather, Papa, <laughs> um, died. And um, so I thought I would read When Death Comes by Mary Oliver. Okay. <laughs> that was only funny to me. Very silly. That was only funny to me. <laughs> well, I knew you were going to do it. Yeah, you could see. Okay. All right. Here comes old Eric Satie. He's long dead, so you won't even see the residuals for how often we play Gymnopedia number one. <laughs> but someone in the Satie legacy will. I hope so. Maybe Sadie? Are we not saying it right? I don't know. Well, I think we say it the way Alexa says it. <laughs> yeah, we learn most things from Alexa. Yeah. All right. So this is When Death Comes by Mary Oliver. When death comes like the hungry bear in autumn... When death comes and takes all the bright coins from his purse to buy me and snaps the purse shut. When death comes like the measle pox. When death comes like an iceberg between the shoulder blades. I want to step through the door full of curiosity, wondering, what is it going to be like, that cottage of darkness? And therefore, I look upon everything as a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And I look upon time as no more than an idea. And I consider eternity as another possibility. And I think of each life as a flower, as common as a field daisy and as singular. And each name as comfortable as mu- oh no, as comfortable music, sorry. <laughs> And each name a comfortable music in the mouth, tending, as all music does, towards silence. And each body a lion of courage and something precious to the earth. 
When it's over, I want to say all my life, I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. When it's over, I don't want to wonder if I have made of my life something particular and real. I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. Aww. It's so beautiful. Sorry, I feel like my awe was stupid, but <laughs> it was genuine. Yeah, that's so great. That's great. Thank you, Mary Oliver. And rest in peace. Yeah. Papa. Yeah. And Mary Oliver and Eric Satie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, All right. Great. 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 Great.